Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Alicia Oxy from That One Audition. And if you want to learn how to cultivate relationships at the highest level, you should be listening to Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chapel. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chapel, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Welcome back to another interview on the Build Network Podcast. Um, I could not be more excited for this interview to finally come out. Um, it was a long time in the making just to kind of coordinate schedules and make sure that it happened. Um, but today I bring on Alicia Oxy. Alicia is an, is an actress. She is an author. Uh, speaker, all those good, all those good things, and and more importantly than all of that, she's a podcaster. So um, I, we we obviously have a few things uh, in common to kind of talk about here on on the show. So um, Alicia is best known as Lucy, opposite Academy Award winner Matthew McConaughey from the critically acclaimed and Golden Globe nominated True Detective. Um, she's also played roles in Satisfaction, How I Met Your Mother, Heart of Dixie, General Hospital, Life Sentence, um, and so many. Any other different movies, TV shows, all these different things. Um, she's really turned what most people would see as a dead end 
thing into a very profitable career and has all these different spinoffs of what she does, which is why she was so intriguing to me, including the podcast. So we kind of talk about how to build good relationships in a really competitive space, um, especially in Hollywood. And then we talk about why she even has her own podcast, why she spends time uh, putting effort in, in a platform like that, and then why you should never be the smartest person in the room. Uh, really, we just have a lot of fun on this episode, and I'm just really excited to share it with everybody. Um, but before we get into that, um, you hear my guests and I talk a lot about masterminds on the show. They are literally what I attribute most of the new quality relationships in my life to. If this is a new term to you or you've always kind of wondered exactly what a mastermind is, you're definitely going to want to take my free mastermind course. It is everything you need to know about masterminds in just six short lessons. It's 100% free, so there's literally no reason to not at least see what it's about. Just head over to freemmcourse.com slash enroll. That's freemmcourse.com slash enroll to grab that course and get started today. And now, without any further ado, please enjoy my talk with Alicia Oxy. Alicia Oxy, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh my God, you said my name right. <laughs> I did. That actually did. But you'd be so surprised that people still don't get it when they do prep. Oh, that yeah. just tickled me and made me really delighted. <laughs> yes. Time. That is me. I am here. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, thanks so much for coming on. I know you got a bunch of stuff going on, kind of like what we're talking about off the recording here. Um, so I want to be respectful of your time and kind of jump right into the bulk of what we're going to get into. Before we do that, let's go ahead and go back a little bit and build a little bit of context here. So bring us back to your childhood now, Alicia. Set the scene of what life looked like for little Alicia Oxy. Oh, little me, little me so pensive and so after it. Um, <laughs> I grew up, I grew up in, I'm a Scorpio man, we'll just throw it out there. I grew up in Ferguson, Missouri and in Northern Kentucky. So I went from, I say I would describe my childhood as like suburbia and like suburban and urban at the same time. Yeah. And I just, had a pension for the the human condition and observing people and writing poetry secretively and then being over excelling at every sport because my dad only had he had two girls when I think he was really gunning for two boys. It's known in the family he wanted two boys. You know that so makes sense. Uh, you can't you can't you can't blame the guy, Alicia. You cannot blame. I the don't. Guy. I don't, and I appreciate the skill set that he instilled in us. So we were little badass athlete. So I spent six hours of my day expending all of my emotional energy into sports, which I think was very good for my brain. And then I, I kind of, I think because of that kind of skill set and imagination for like the human condition and what else is out there and how big is this world? Cause I grew up in such a small, two small towns that I, I got out to LA as fast as I could. Yeah. And then here I am. An adult life. So I feel like childhood just kind of is like a blur by to get to where I was like always yearning to be as cheesy as that sounds. That is, I feel like my childhood, because I always wanted to be somewhere else or be somebody else. Right, right. I think that's basically the definition of childhood <laughs> is right? trying to figure out exactly right. like what the next step right. is. Going to like. How can I get out of here? Where can I make a change? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you played a yeah, lot of soccer. Who am I? Right? Why is this confusing? 
Oh, I played so much soccer. Yeah, I ran. I just ran and ran and ran. I ran track. I was the fastest white girl in 1996, as I like wow. to put it. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and then my and, and then my sister came and took the title from me. Oh, so, uh, no way. The you younger know. sister did, huh? Yeah, but, you know, we have the same initials. So at school, it just either one of us can claim the yeah. reward. Yeah, nobody so, will know. Yeah. 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 You can take nobody some knows. people back there I mean, and point it out and be like, yeah, yeah. that's me. But now people do. I just out it myself. But yeah, that was my childhood, <laughs> how I would put a bow around it. <laughs> this episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you. That work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Yeah. So to kind of shift the conversation here and get a little bit more serious on you. Okay. Oh, dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Yeah. Tell us the story about finding your identity after having lost your best friend and sustaining an injury that basically ended your soccer career. Oh, you did your research, man. Well, you know, there's, I call them shapeshifter years. That was a shapeshifter of a year. Can you cuss on this show? Do people cuss Go on this for show? It. Go for it. I mean, yeah, that was a motherfucker of a year. But it actually, it's like changed who I was. So I, the knee injury actually happened first. I blew out my knee and, you know, I built my life on this type of expression of myself for so long. Like I was a soccer player, I was a soccer player. Right. That was what I was going to do in life. I was hiding my deep, dark secrets of wanting to be an actor, but I couldn't say that out loud to other people. So what was acceptably out loud to say was, I'm, wish I'm a soccer player. I identified so much of my person with that skill set and I was really good and it's nice to be good at something and exert that kind of energy and being a team like building like I was constantly around other girls and 
in a competitive way and a healthy competitive way. It felt it was an amazing time of life. And then it was all stripped away with one side dribble, splitting two defenders and an offender and my knee goes. And I just, I couldn't recover because six weeks later, I got a phone call that my best friend was in a bad car accident and that he didn't survive. And I think I retore my knee as dramatic of a story as that is. I just, I, my knee is let go and I just had knee surgery. Everything, my world just came kind of crashing down. And I would say a state of depression would not be accurately describing it. I think it was like a state of mental like psychosis to a certain degree. I was in complete denial that he died and I couldn't really talk much. Life was really hard. And then yeah. to back it all up, this is just to, you know, make life go full circle. Everything happens in threes in my life. And then I got stood up at prom, man. I mean, that was a humbling. <laughs> yes. I got stood up at prom. And I what was a like, dick move man. after that kind of a year. Man, I literally at prom, I made the decision. I like looked up at the sky and I was like, man. And I, I like talked to my best friend and I heard clear as day. It was like, fuck him, go inside and have a great time. <laughs> I had the best prom. I had the best prom of my life. And that was when life turned around. But I think it was a humbling year. I learned about my faith and who I was as a person, who I was as a person. And then how like there is a saving grace to it all and like discovering who you are and surviving like look people have survived way more excruciating traumatic things Mm -hmm. i think that was a trifecta of a year for me i think death trumps a lot of things but i think it just shapes who you are as a person and i am a unique individual as we all are from those experiences yeah and and now that guy will forever refer to that as the day he almost got to take out alicia oxy so there's there's a, there's silver lining in any situation. Really. Oh, it was so dramatic. He like tore the ticket and he didn't stand me up. He dropped me off at prom and then didn't oh come inside. He like goodness. Oh, it was melodramatic. As the best stories should always end. <laughs> of course, of course, yeah. So learning obviously from Followed that by laughter. Yes, exactly. Uh, from that situation, obviously, lots of struggle that's going on here. Um, I've I find this to be a common denominator with almost every single quote unquote successful person that I've been able to talk to on the show. Which now is you know we're o- over two hundred episodes in and been able to bring on some incredible, incredible people, including yourself. And I find that struggle is typically a common denominator with all of these people, meaning that there was some point in their life where something big happened and that was that was somewhat out of their control or completely out of their control or maybe even within their control. But it was it was a trying time. There was something that pushed them to become somebody different. Do, do you find that that is almost necessary, that it's almost necessary to go through struggle to become that person? Um, or, or do you think that it can be done without really going through some of those trying times? I don't know. I would like to think that in humanity that you could be born with a spirit that just knows how to self-soothe and, and contain the emotional experiences that you're getting ready to have as a human being. I yeah. think to have those experiences, you ha- it teaches you a relentless, tenacious ability about surviving and wanting to survive and to wanting to still show up and 
have this human experience because as much like joy or sorrow that there is in the world, there's like the exact match of sorrow or, or joy is what I'm trying to say. As much mm-hmm. sorrow as there's an exact match of joy to that. So mm-hmm. I think that year I didn't die. All the things that I thought who I was, oh, I did have small deaths that whole entire year. My ego died. My identity with mortality died. My identity of faith was like, uh, was risen, not to make it a faith-based thing. But I think because of that, I am able to test the limits of what I am humanly possible, capable to experience and do. And because Mm -hmm. of that, it has allowed me to be brave in my art and be courageous with my life. Yeah. And constantly be in certain conditions that might not be favorable, but I know that I can get through them. Like I set maybe unrealistic goals. I have ideas of what I want to manifest or create in this lifetime. And because of those experiences, I feel like it is possible. So I will continue to show up every day. Uh, Have you always been like really artistic? And if so, did you find it difficult to kind of nurture that desire growing oh, up in yeah. a place like Kentucky. <laughs> it seems, <laughs> seems counterintuitive. Um, yes. And I always like to preface this is I love where I came from. I was shaped because of those people's inexperiences, but it was a very painful experience for me because I was different and I couldn't figure out a way to articulate it, nor did I feel secure enough to articulate it or express it. I had a lot of deep emotions and I could feel a lot of deep emotions from other people. And as a child, that could be very painful if you don't have an expression of getting it out. Hmm. So I would write a lot, but nobody knew that. I would write, I was actually published for poetry. No, no. I was actually published for poetry. So my mom, I think, knew that. And then whoever else got the book that was published, there was like so many children, poets that were published in this book. But I, like words would just drop in for me. And I think that that was always my lust and desire to do acting. But I couldn't, I couldn't be a great soccer player and an actor because we had practice at the same time and rehearsal happened at the same time. So this burning desire and this creative energy that I needed to burn came out in, yeah, in writing. And also, I'm just also just feeling really alone, to be honest. And I think that is what also made me a good observer of the like human being is there was a lot of, I would say, creative neglect in my life, like a lot of sport in it, whether that's because I didn't reach out to have it, or I just felt, I didn't feel like it was a comfortable environment for me to be as creative as I could be. So I'm very grateful for the experience of soccer opening, ending and opening up that space. And also for me to be at that age where I could leave a place that didn't allow my creativity to be fulfilled, whether that's because of how I felt there or because of how other people treated me, you know, the same experience or reality. But I am really happy to be in a place that it supports creativity in a way that has allowed me to feel comfortable exploring every idea. Right, right. That and feels expressing good and tingling. Yeah, and expressing it and to be the age that I am, that's I, I'm I'm starting to take joy and gratitude in that I get to do that this as an art as well as as a financial form too, because there's also that identity of overcoming like the core 
starving artist syndrome. I'm doing right. a lot of work around that to like the, be like, the no, full-time it's okay. waitress, it's okay. part-time artist. Yeah. yeah. Or, or just being comfortable saying I am an actor as a child that you, you know, like Kentucky wasn't, if I said I wanted to be an actor, it was like, how dare you be special? And mm. I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm not trying to be special. I just really want to do that. Right. And right. but for some reason that's regarded at in certain places as thinking that you're better than or mm. that you're special because you want to do this one thing that other people think is special. Mm. And yeah. you know, like that was that's that's just my expression. Right. right as well right. as writing now, as well as interviewing people, as well. I just like people. And I've gotten to create a lot of different platforms in which I get to enjoy people, whether I'm playing them or talking to them or writing them. Yeah, yeah, and that's actually that's how that's how I found you was uh, was I mean found, figuring out that you had a podcast, which is I think really cool. Yeah. Obviously, I'm a podcaster myself, and I find it to be such a uh, just a really fun platform, and it's allowed me a lot of opportunities that would have never happened if I didn't start the show. Um, can I ask you? I mean, with all the stuff that you have going on, why 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 podcasting? Why why spend any of your time mm-hmm. putting out a podcast? Well, once again, I. It wasn't intended to be a podcast. It was created as actually a book. It was going to be 101 Most Unforgettable Auditions because I, experiencing as an actor and being a person, I thought it was really funny, like this whole vulnerable side of the industry that doesn't get exposed and the funny things that happen in auditions, as well as it being like a motivating tool for other people. Like people think that actors or people in this profession in the entertainment industry, they put them on this pedestal. But the audition process shows you is that like, we are so humbled by what we have to do every day and like putting ourselves out there that we fail a lot. And it looks really ridiculous how we fail. And I thought it'd be really funny to put in a book. So I started doing 101 most unforgettable auditions. So I'd been doing interviews for eight years and sitting down and talking to people, but I was reserving it for print. And then I had somebody looked at me and was like, why don't you do it as a podcast? And then I thought, oh, how wonderful. I could actually really use this this platform not only still show the audition hilarious side or humbling side or experience, but I can show the the experience of the industry that is so not highlighted or talked about or given as a reference tool for people that are trying to come up. Like mm. you always hear about the 1%. You only hear like, oh, tell me about this Oscar award-winning performance. But there's beautiful working actors out there in the world that have been doing it for 20, 30, 40 plus years. And they have experiences that they can share and they have the way in which they did it, which nobody does it the same, an example to bear witness for people that are trying to be creative in any creative field, I think, really. I think it's interesting to find people's journeys to where they got to where they are. I'm fascinated by it. And I wish that that was a a tool that I had when I started because I made so many mistakes by not knowing. And if there was this type of mentorship program out there, I, I look at it as a mentorship program. I do it from, I go, I do conduct these interviews. I collect intel from other artists, whether it's actors, directors, writers, showrunners, animators, any, any element of the storytelling business, I get to figure out why they create the stories they do and how they do. And I love that. So then I get to digest information that will make me a better artist or make me stay in the game longer. Right. And then I get right. to turn around and share that with my community. So I I love that. I love every element of it. And I have to say that doing these interviews for the last eight years has saved my saved my career. There's hmm. been so many times I wanted to quit or quit anymore. I couldn't take any more bad news or couldn't be told I was 
not pretty enough, pretty enough, too fat, too thin, too whatever, too not enough of something. So to sit down with somebody else and hear how they paved a way for themselves, I, I just, I adore, I adore that in people. And I've, I actually have listened to your show. And can I just say, you are an amazing interviewer. Um, you're, you're so engaged in the conversations. You ask fantastic questions. Is that a skill set that kind of comes naturally to you? Or have, have you done like a lot of work to really perfect that specifically? I mean, I had no idea I had it. I had like, I'm so, when people say that to me, I, I say, oh, really? Like, I get, I'm genuinely touched that you think that. I just, um, no, I've never taken any training for it. I just really love people. And I have allowed myself to have a freedom in this conversation to just garner information from them, whether it be something to lighten my day or lighten the, the load. So anything that they're willing to share of themselves with me, I was going with an intention of what I'd like to hear about, like one or two things. And then I let the conversation go where it may. And that's where I get some mind-blowing conversations from yeah. creatives like Makad Brooks like I just had an episode with him he's on Supergirl like he's been acting for a long time I loved him in a show called My Generation that nobody saw it got canceled after five episodes and he was so brilliant and the show was so brilliant and we started talking and we didn't even talk about an audition story because we talked about his he almost died twice and we went to the spiritual place like that's amazing that's amazing Days work to sit and connect with a human being that way. Yeah, that's that's really the biggest thing that I can kind of pull from that and share with people is that it seems like you have a very natural curiosity and genuine desire to really just get to know people and have interesting conversations, which provides some absolutely fantastic content. If you're listening to this right now, I highly recommend going and checking out Alicia's show, That One Audition. Find some of your favorite actors, actresses all on that show. Um, And Alicia provides a fantastic interview. Alicia, I kind of want to shift gears here and talk a little bit about relationship building, networking and stuff with the remaining time that we have because this is the Doge Network podcast where we talk a lot about it uh, on this show. And I, I am not in Hollywood. No surprise there. I'm not an actor. I'm not, I'm not any of those things. But I, I just assume, I've always assumed, I just, I just have to believe that relationship building and networking is a huge part of making it in that industry. Can you talk, kind of talk into that for a, little, for, for a second? Uh, yeah, I think, I think it really is a very simple equation that I'm just starting to realize because seeds that I plant, I, I can see the seeds that I planted when I first got here. So I've been in Los Angeles for 15 years and there were certain seeds that I nourished and certain seeds that I didn't as far as networking. And at that time, it was not a conscious, a conscious effort to say, Oh, I'm going to water these seeds or these seeds. But what I realized is the networking and friendships and foundations that have I had built in 15 years that are paying off now are people that I was genuinely interested in. We were like-minded and I was elevated to be a better human because of what they were doing in the world, whether they're a lawyer or an actor or whatever perform or like job profession they're in. So I just, I always go back to connecting, I think to people, but I always go back to wanting to be around people that as cheesy as it sounds are genuinely better than me. So whether that's, somebody in acting that's better than me, a director, anybody that's actually around me, any of my friends that, that I have that surround me, I, I'm impressed by the people that they are. Yeah. And because of that, because of that, 15 years later, 
there's jobs and things that are happening in my career because of those few seeds that I, I planted and watered because of just genuine interest in them as people are now paying off as business relationships later because we just, I gravitated towards those kind of people. So I think you have to like find your people. And I think it always pays off to surround yourself with people that are actually just excel at things better than you do. Right, um, totally. You can, so you can le- be of interest of each other and, and learn, and you can learn something new mm-hmm. and, and nurture them in the right way. Networking and, and just building a foundation in Hollywood is a lot different than it is out in other worlds. So I, in especially entertainment, but I'm sure this can be you know, other different professions. I do think that you have to protect yourself with a certain amount of integrity and know where you do want to go in the world and make those people your friends, not out of a contrived way, but mm-hmm. order in order to fulfill whatever kind of purpose you're here to do. So kind of like, I always look at people around me as like, yes, and, and thank you. Like, what are they here to give me? And, and what, what can I provide for them? And like an energy exchange. And I also just try to not carry any more dead weight. So yeah. if, if they're, and, and using your time wisely, I wish I would have used my time when I was younger and didn't have a child in a different way to surround myself. I wish I would have planted more of those seeds. I definitely planted some. And then, and then other seeds, you're like, I don't know how that friendship served me or how, like, why am I hanging out with people that only want to achieve to this level and, and any element of their life, personal mm-hmm. or professional. Yeah. I think you touched on a couple of things really important there. Um, the first thing is, look, if you're the smartest person in the room, then you're probably in the wrong room. So yeah. And aren't you the- bored? Yeah, (laughs) right. Exactly. Like just, yeah, people get to be the big fish in the small pond and then they just stay there instead of moving up to the bigger pond and then working your way up to be the big fish in that pond. And then you move to another pond. It's just part of growth and becoming the person that you're supposed to be. But you also touched on something, which which is something that I try to hammer home a lot on the show, which is you, when, when you were saying that you're planting seeds, this doesn't mean that you were out there with like a thousand business cards and a hundred different resumes and all these things. And then going to these networking mixers and like handing them out and trying to like, no, 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 you were planting seeds, meaning like you were there building real genuine relationships with people because you were curious to get to know them. And then long-term after years of proving yourself and becoming better at your craft, now those relationships pay off. Yes. Yes. And I do think when you are the person that's shoving out a thousand business cards, because look, that's a strategy too. That's a strategy as a human being, but it's not a strategy that anybody really wants to be associated with. So I think that there's a strategy of like investing that same thousand card business card mentality and putting that energy into yourself to being and feeling like that person. And then therefore just attracting really investing in like the relationship itself, because people also smell relationships that are just for the sake of networking, like the thousand cards. Like you don't want to go to a party and hand out 10 business cards, but you didn't get to connect with anybody. You're not getting to change your experience in life. Anybody that I've interviewed on my show that has had really life-changing moments, it's because they were so in the moment and in genuinely in interest with the person that's around them, that of course something wonderful and beautiful comes out of that energy. Because it right. was like, yeah. 
it's never going to, it's never going to last, right? Like you, you'd be that person, like you, like you said, that is a strategy, but if nobody wants to work with you, do business with you, or be associated with you, then it's only going to work for a certain period of time before everybody's like, Oh my exactly. gosh, again, stop it. <laughs> you know? Again. Well, and it's just a lot of energy and then you're creating more energy around this and it's almost an anxiety create created energy instead of like, you know, like find your interests, find what gets you excited in life and then go and find people that are doing that. And I, my grandma, oh, she has this horrible saying and I'm going to butcher it. Let's just go back. I don't remember. Let's not even say my grandma said this. So it's something about like, you know, investing time and attention. Like if you're in one, if you, if you like the color, if you like apples, if you put yourself around apples, you're going to end up being with an apple. If you like apples, but you're putting yourself in a category with pears, you're always like, nothing's ever going to click or make sense. Hmm. So like put yourself in an environment around people that you want to have an elevated experience with professionally and personally as a person and grow. So I have to ask you this question, Alicia, because this is like, this is my staple. This is the question I ask everybody that comes on the show. I'm curious to get your feedback Mm -hmm. on it. Do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important and why? I think I think because of who I am, who you know is what's more important because I think it's really, I mean, look at my whole conversation. I definitely think it's relationships. I think it's relationship-based. It is yes. who you know and it is... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, and who, you know, is also who you are, like what you attract in the world is who you are. So that will, that will build connect and it'll show you a lot of who you are. It's a cyclical relationship, therefore an elevated relationship in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Who you know. Totally. Totally. That, that's kind of how I look at it is like, look, both are important, right? Like you could know every single person in Hollywood, but if you're horrible at acting, you're not going to get the role. Right. So Mm -hmm. both, both are important, but in the end, I feel that the who you know will always fuel the what more than the opposite. Exactly. Meaning, like, uh, meaning, like, people that you meet will raise your level of knowledge and expertise up. Whereas, like, if you just worked at your skill, worked at your skill, worked at your skill, especially in in such a competitive in- industry like the one that you're in, like, there's so many talented actors and actresses that never make it big in that area just because they never went and built the right relationships with the right people who could actually give them the opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I have to say that is, I wish that when I said the seeds earlier too, that's what I meant. I wish I would have nourished more seeds, like more foundational. Who do I know? Like get out in the world and be more out there. Yeah. But I was, yeah. yeah, So that's, yeah, the who, the who makes the difference for sure. So there's so many different directions we could take this conversation, Alicia, but we are running out of time here. So let's go ahead and move on to the last segment, something I like to call the random round. Just a few quick random questions and some quick random answers. You ready? Yep. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? Interior design or architecture. I'm obsessed. If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? Oprah. Because, man, I just talk about elevating your experience. I just want to know. I want to download with her. I want to download for it. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos? Ooh, all of the above, but podcasts are my jam right now. What's like one of your go-tos? 
Oh, all crime. I'm developing, I'm doing a new show. It's, it's dropping in April. Oh, and nice. so I'm, yeah, I'm digesting all crime and the setup of different serialized shows and crime because mine's uh, based on a true story, but it covers all the crime from the 1920s to the 1960s in Los Angeles. So oh. there's some good ones out there. Um, my girlfriend, you guys should listen to Small Town Dicks. Small Town Dicks is amazing. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. My morning routine. Um, wake up uh, by my child usually, and then try to have, I have a three minute breathing session that I do in the bathroom and then I do mirror work. And then I set out to venture the day with her for 44 minutes on the walk to school. And then I come back and decompress and write for an hour. And then I'm into auditions and everything else that's happening for the day. But I always write, write, breathe, do my mirror work, kiss my baby. What is your go-to pump-up song? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, I'm so bad at naming names. Um, my <laughs> Just start singing. My sister, I know. My sister and I go crazy when I hear, get out of your mind. Is that ludicrous? <laughs> no. Who is it? Is that ludicrous? Who is I that? I don't even know. I don't even know. Oh, are you serious? I will. I'll text it to you or email it to you. Perfect. Get out of your mind. I will somebody, add it to one of your plan. listeners. Yeah. <laughs> one yeah of somebody's your freaking out right now. now, yelling at the radio and telling both of us. Yes. Yeah. What is something that you are just not very good at? Oh, cooking and anything technology based. I think technology doesn't like me. I think my energy like stop working <laughs> for me. So, that's probably what those it is. Two things, that's probably cooking and anything technology related. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's most probable. Yeah, this technology just doesn't. Most like... probably, my inner my energetic field <laughs> is messing with the magnetic field. And the yeah, you're just technology. you're just vibrating at such a high energy. <laughs> well, <laughs> some people listening to this will now know what I'm talking about. I'm weird. I stop clocks. I'm not kidding. I stopped the clock the night of our wedding. I do it all the time. <laughs> As we get everything wrapped up here, Alicia, what is one place online where we are going to be able to find you the most? Oh, you know my website, alishaoxy.com or IG. I'm on Instagram. Perfect. Perfect. So which is head, also just the name. <laughs> yeah, perfect. So head over to alishaoxy.com. That's A-L-Y-S-H-I-A. O-C-H-S-E.com or just go follow her on Instagram. Check out her podcast. Reach out, tell her you said, uh, or tell her what's up and, and tell her that you heard about her here on the show. Alicia, thank you so much for joining me on the show. I had a really fantastic time chatting with you. Oh, thank you so much for having me on and saying my name right. It really delighted me. It really did. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. You hear my guests and I talk a lot about masterminds here on Build Your Network. They are literally what I attribute most of the new quality relationships in my life to. If this is a new term to you, or you've always kind of wondered exactly what a mastermind is, or what it does, or how much they are, how to find one, all those types of details, you are definitely going to want to take my free mastermind course. It is everything you need to know about masterminds in just six short lessons. It's 100% free. So there's literally no reason to not at least see what it's about. Just head over to travischapel.com to grab that course and start today. Have a fantastic rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.